Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Gabby Day Gabby. There we go. So Ryan is uh, traveling. I believe he is on an airplane right now. Uh, so I had to call in everybody's number one sub, number one off the bench. <laughs> uh, Game Day Gabby is here with us. Uh, Gabby, have you fully recovered from yesterday's uh, both the Northwestern game and the drinking during the Super Bowl? <laughs> um, it was a pretty rough morning. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I'm recovered now, but uh, I'm not recovered from the game. I, I was going to ask, still... I was going to ask which, which recovery <laughs> was worse from the alcohol or from the, well, it, like the, al- the hangover was fueled worse because of the loss. Like <laughs> yeah, if we yeah. had won, I would have been in a good mood, but because we lost, I'm like, man, I feel like crap. And we lost. Yeah. This is terrible. yeah it's a bad combination. So obviously yeah. today we're going to focus entirely on the Purdue lost to Northwestern final score in Evanston, 64 to 58, uh, Number one, Purdue goes down. They get the uh, general uh, thing that happens when Purdue loses on the road these days. The uh, students rush the court, and there was some pushing apparently involved. But, uh, I mean, that's – do we want to get into that at all? I was going to say, I I saw some stuff on it, but I don't even know what happened. So there's a couple videos of after the students rush the court, you can see, like, you know – our guys are still on the floor and they've got to walk off. They got to get to the bench. They got to get off the court. And Newman was kind of like lagging behind, like head down, like, you know, upset that we lost. And you can see Gillis, he's walking toward the bench and he looks behind him and you can kind of see he's like, Oh man, Newman's going to get like crushed by all these people. So he like turns around and tries to like grab him and get him. And then the swarm of students come and they kind of have to like elbow and shoulder their way out. And some idiot Northwestern fan on Twitter was like, yeah, look at Mason Gillis punching fans and blah, blah, blah. And he, he, <laughs> he tweeted a video with it, and the video clearly shows that that did not happen. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, Gillis and Newman just were, like, fighting to get through this mob of students, which you're going to have to do when you get the court uh, rushed on you. But uh, it's just a whole bunch of nothing, nothing of substance there. Okay. Yeah, I was like, there's no way Gillis did that, first of all. Painter would have... That yeah, that would have never been allowed. No, I do. I do understand Northwestern rushing this game like more than I do. Yeah, at IU. Yeah, um, but maybe better prep there. <laughs> like, yeah, let the like people get off the court before you're rushing players. Yeah, yeah. It was. It's always a bit of a dangerous situation. Um, you know, I rushed the court once when I was at Purdue uh, when we beat Wisconsin, and that was scary because. I was in the yeah. row, like just behind the basket, where the paint crew officers always sat, and that's where you have to like jump to get down, you know. And yeah, at that point, like as the game was getting close to the end, people were just coming down and standing right behind us, 
and we're just like getting pushed closer and closer to the railing and it's like <laughs> i have got to jump otherwise i am going to die like someone's gonna knock me over i'm gonna fall hit my head uh so as soon as the clock hit like one second i was jumping off the railing uh so i mean i understand the northwestern fans i don't blame them for it um i would have done the same thing if i was in their shoes but you do have to make sure that you keep everyone safe and uh gillis was just doing what he could to make sure newman was all right so i don't have a problem with any of that so man we're now we're now 23 and 3 uh, all three losses in conference, two losses on the road, one at home. Purdue still has a two-game lead in the Big Ten, um, so they still control their own destiny. But you know, this was one that we really thought we were going to have to kind of pad the lead and move toward a conference championship a lot earlier than people expected. But the big thing, of course, about this game, everyone wants to talk about it, everyone's mentioning it, is the officiating. And we all have opinions, but before we get into those opinions, I want to say, and I, I agree with me or not, Gabby, you'll have to let me know, the officials did not lose this game. <laughs> the officials did not lose this game for Purdue. Purdue absolutely looked lost in the second half. Uh, they could not do anything defensively. Only one other player besides Zach Eady made a field goal in the second half, and that was Ethan Morton. Um, other players made free throws. Uh, but Zach Eady and, and along with that one basket from Ethan Morton were the only two to hit field goals in the entire second half. Purdue could muster just 21 points in the second half, and you're not going to win on the road in the Big Ten when you can only score 21 points in a half. Yeah, um, so I've been thinking about it all day because I am one to never want to blame the officials. Yeah, like, me I too. Feel like it's, it's sore losing, it's whiny, and I'm not going to do it. And and one play isn't going to alter the trajectory of the game. Do I think that the refs were terrible <laughs> and probably one of the worst games where I actively actually said something on Twitter? Yes. But I was look so I was like going through the stats today. I'm like, all right, well, we shot 10% below average on our field goals. We shot 10% below average on our uh, three pointers. We had five, five, no. Yeah. Five more turnovers more than average, which some of those, though, I do think they got away with a lot of reaching. Yeah, so yeah, that's true. The, and especially in the second half towards the end. Um, but no, I mean, we were up seven with like, what, three minutes to go? Yeah, something like that. And completely just like, through, I mean, just completely shut down and collapsed. And yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about turnovers like or fouls, we had 17, they had 17. So... I mean, they didn't determine the game, but um, I do think there were some really bad calls. Yeah, there were a bunch of really bad calls, including the goaltend on Zach Eady that was clearly not a goaltend, uh, just gifted two points to Northwestern. Uh, ball was clearly still going up. It was a clean block by Eady, uh, gave Northwestern two points. Then the shot clock reset. Um, oh, so, so Purdue okay. treated it as a reset, and then... They went to the monitor, determined that it shouldn't have reset, and then it was a shot clock violation, and so it counted as a turnover for Purdue, which I think is just completely asinine. Okay, yeah, I completely missed that. I was probably getting a beer. But <laughs> I, I come back. Probably necessary. <laughs> Twitter was a buzz about the shot clock. I'm like, what just happened? And then we, yeah, the, they had the ball. So I, yeah, I didn't I, even know. So they didn't reset the shot clock. No, they acted, did. They reset the. They reset the shot yeah. clock to 20, but they shouldn't have reset it at all. 
So there was either six or eight left on the shot clock. But they reset it, so when Purdue got the rebound, we just continued to run our offense. And then, for some reason, there was a stoppage. I think one of the officials was like, hey, the shot clock reset, and it shouldn't have. So then they go to the monitor, and they look at how much time elapsed since they reset the shot clock, and they're like, well, it was more than the time that should have been on the shot clock, so it's a shot clock violation, and it's a turnover. But, like... The shot yeah, clock the reset, that. the team looks up, <laughs> yeah. and there's a 12 on the shot clock. They're not going to throw up a desperation heave because they think, oh, I bet that <laughs> shot clock is wrong. Like, I've never yeah. in my life seen anything like that. It was so wild. Yeah, that's horrible. If anything, they could have done, like, jump ball or start new possession. I don't know. Yeah. But to just, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, to to punish the away team because the home team clock operator made a mistake is very bizarre to me. Very bizarre. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, those two plays stand out. There's also the uh, the Mason Gillis flagrant one, which I thought was also a very bad call. That was terrible. Like, and I won't use the words I used on Twitter, but you can't, <laughs> penal- you can't penalize up for basically being like a bad dude. Like, he right. fouled hard. Yeah. yeah, but he was going clearly for the ball. Right. Yeah. I, it was all very questionable. And then... I don't know. Then there, towards the end, I felt like they were just getting thrown around like ragdolls. Oh, yeah. And and then what happened to Edie's arm? Uh, I think he, I assume he got scratched. So for those who couldn't watch the game, at one point he was uh, getting ready, he was shooting a free throw and they got a close-up of his arm and there was just like a gash down his arm. I mean, just bleeding down it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but if you saw it, it didn't even look, it looked like almost like a knife, like it was deep. Yeah. It wasn't like, I got it. There was no foul on that? Yeah, I don't know. And then, I mean, he was only he was the second Purdue player to bleed during the game because Braden <laughs> Smith had something to do with his finger. I'm not sure what happened to him either, but, I mean, we got two players out there bleeding on the court. Uh, and it's just like, I mean, it was absolutely wild. And today, these videos are circulating on Twitter of uh, Chris Collins grabbing Fletcher yeah. Lawyer while, like, he's running an inbound set. And lawyer has to like shake him off, like throw his arm, like what are you doing? I I, I completely missed that during live action. I didn't see that at all. I did too. I didn't see that. That's wild. I <laughs> just that should have been attack. Yeah, absolutely. You can't, you can't touch. You can't player. touch an opposing player. Yeah. I, I just I am ne- and I mean at that point I think there were only like sixteen or eighteen seconds left. I mean the game was over more or less. Uh, Purdue was not coming back, but. To to see the opposing coach grab one of your players is just unheard of. Um, and the fact <laughs> that it happened and then no call. Like, it just I, went by. I expect that from, like, Juan Howard. Yeah, Juwan. Oh, Juwan. <laughs> Juwan Howard. Um, I saw Greg Gard said today, oh, I have no problem with him, even though, you know, he smacked me in the head last year. He was yeah. like, we're competitive people. I was like, I'm sorry, but if a, like, a colleague from another – school punches me or slaps me i'm not gonna be like no we're cool yeah we're good no, not at all so i saw another video where the two uh northwestern people like like they're standing they're, they're up for we're shooting free throws and they like lock arms so yeah. you can't get the Across rebound Across Edie, like yeah just wild somebody called it the red rover defense because you yeah. know like the old elementary school game which by the way yeah horribly violent that game because you're basically just clotheslining <laughs> each other i don't know how we got away with playing that but uh yeah it was I, a different time it was it was a different time 
Uh, if you watch, if you watch Bluey, you know it was the eighties. <laughs> yeah, um, it was the eighties. So I just I, I'm amazed that Northwestern played so I don't want dirty's probably not the right word, uh, but I mean so hard, so rough, and that's they got away with so much. Um, yeah, because to your so point. To your, to your point, I mean, well, that, the fouls were, were even. It's not as if, you know, it's not as if the officials were good on one way, good on the bad on the other. I mean, they were just terrible. They were terrible on both sides, yeah. uh, and it's so frustrating. Yeah, but I guess that's where, like, you could say, like, Purdue lost this game, but had different officials been in that game, I mean, you could get a swing foul or a foul like a uh, the technical or the goaltending, whatever, that can really kind of change the landscape of yeah. the game. So yeah. if two different refs in, were in there, would the game have been different? This is probably the only time I would say it probably would have been. Yeah. Because they were fouling pretty hard there at the end, and nothing was getting called. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at one point toward the end of the game, Purdue was down by – Purdue just went down by two, and I tweeted, man, that two points that the refs gave Northwestern on that goaltend is looming pretty large. And, like – People found this tweet like 20 minutes later or, you know, maybe four or five minutes later. I'm probably exaggerating when Purdue was down like six and people were like, well, it would have only been four points. I was like, dude, we're tweeting during a sporting event. You have to follow (laughs) the timeline. I tweeted it when we were down two. It means the game would have been tied. And like when when you lose by six points, everything matters. And Purdue just so many bad breaks. When they're looking up there and it's tied or they're down two, I mean, it's a different feeling. You either yeah. feel a little more pressure or you don't. Yeah, and it changes and, what you run. Yeah. So this also comes kind of goes back to what I tweeted after Iowa, which everyone got mad about me, about teams. This People is mad on press. Twitter? What? <laughs> I know. That they're going to want to press, and which they did. Is Are they Iowa? No. But we did get a 10-second violation. They're going to be physical, and if they – if we – I don't want to look ahead too much, but if you run into a team in March with some long guards that are pressing and are very physical, yeah. we're having problems with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could be the number one in the team or number one team in the country, at, like at the time we were, and still have some issues. And that's definitely one that I think is that's kind of our Achilles heel right now. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a worrisome trend because Northwestern really isn't a team that's known for their full court press or their intense defensive pressure, um, but they gave Purdue a lot of problems, kind of modeling what they did against Iowa after they saw us struggle against that. Um, you know, even though Purdue came out with what a fourteen point win against Iowa, they still had uh, periods of struggle where that lead got down to five or six after being up in the twenties. So, well the. Yeah, so we had that lead, but with uh, Northwestern, we never had that lead. Right, so yeah. we lost the game. Exactly. I mean, the, the lead, I think, hovered around between like five and eight for the vast majority of the game until the second half when Northwestern just chipped away, chipped away, and then suddenly you look up and we're only up two, and then we're down, and then, you know, it, it's all out of hand. Um, yeah. It's just, you know, we're, we're seeing a couple things that are patterns in our freshmen right now. Um, Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer, neither of them had a particularly good game. Um, Smith still had 10 points, but he really struggled against the pressure from Northwestern. Um, He's gotten into a bad habit lately of finding himself in the air and only really having one way that one place the ball can go. And he's, he's eyeing that and telegraphing that pass, allowing the defense to jump it. And 
it's led to a couple turnovers in really bad spots, especially at the end of this Northwestern game. Purdue turned it over, I think, three possessions in a row. Yeah, I mean, he did that. <laughs> Drove, went up, no intention to score, to pass off, and yeah. threw it away. Yeah. Um, and I'm not going to blame it. How many turnovers does Smith have? Uh, Smith had three in this game. Oh, and they all just ended up being at the end. Yeah, I, yeah I, think, I think two of the three were at the very end of the game. Um, Edie had six turnovers. Um, including say, including a couple toward the end as well for him. Yeah, Edie, this game, I mean, obviously he put up, what, 24 and 8. So, yeah. I mean, not that he was bad, but I would say he did seem, especially in the beginning of the game, um, like lackadaisical, I guess. Like, just wasn't very hard with the ball. I remember he put up his hands, they stripped it from behind. Yeah. It was kind of just like going through the motions a little bit. Um, and then he ended up getting fired up and, and doing some stuff, but then yeah, the turnovers. Yeah. So I don't yeah. know. You can't I won't just blame the freshman. It was just all no, no. the team lack of focus, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean something needs to something needs to change and this team needs to click uh to kind of get back to where they were. Did you happen to see Zach Eady's post game kind of uh reporter scrum? I did not, but I saw a tweet about it. Oh man, he was angry. Uh was he? Yeah, he I've never seen him look angrier in any of these postgame videos. Uh, the first question he got was something along the lines of, you know, what did Northwestern do defensively to, you know, frustrate you guys in the second half? And you can just see kind of like his jaw clench. And he's like, he like looks away from the cameras. And then he goes, <laughs> he said something along the lines of, and I'm not going to get it exactly right. You can you can find it on our Twitter um, a Twitter account. He said something along the lines of uh, some things that I probably can't say right now. Um, and then he said, well, they played hard, they played tough <laughs> and it like, yeah. and every question you could see, he like paused before he said anything because he's, I'm sure Painter said to them, you know, don't say anything about yeah. the refs, don't complain, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he got two or three questions about, you know, what did Northwestern throw at you defensively? Or what did you see in this game that made them so tough? And you could tell every time he was just biting his tongue just wanted to say, well, they were fouling me all the time, and that really helped him on on the defensive my, side. My arm got cut off, yeah. but besides yeah. that, besides that, like... I thought they really were fast on defense. So yeah. Well, I heard Painter said something like he thought the officiating was different, and I kind of wish this is. And I tweeted this out about, and I know in a close game you don't want a technical because it's it was close, and I understand that. But also, like, if not getting in the ref's ears when they're that physical or you think they're fouling, then they don't change it. And maybe if he, like, spoke up a little bit, maybe they think, okay, maybe we'll watch this a little mo- bit more. Um, like, I would have been completely fine if he was throwing off his jacket and getting, yeah. like, a Katie st- yeah. type uh, uh, attack there. Yeah, well, it's funny yeah. that, it's funny that uh, you know, last time you were on, you talked about that. And this did seem like the perfect game where that could have mm-hmm. happened because it really did feel like they were just letting everything go. Our players were getting the crap beat out of them down there. Um, and I mean, I know uh, Painter was jawing at the officials. I know he was saying, you know, you got to watch this. You got to watch that. You could see him a couple times, but I mean, you're right. He, he has it. He is at a different level um, of control than at least he used to be. And when guys like, you know, Gene Katie or even Tom Izzo or uh, Fran, uh, Fran McCaffrey or anybody like that in the Big Ten, Underwood from Illinois. I mean, those guys, those yeah. guys will blow their tops. Whereas, whereas Painter's more controlled. But 
I, I don't know. Is Something needed to be done to get this team to kind of snap back uh, to where they were. It, they, yeah. They did look a little lackadaisical. One thing that was shocking to me uh, was we only re- out-rebounded Northwestern by five. Um, and rebounding mm-hmm. has been such a huge advantage for this team. Um, but we out-rebounded them 35 to 30. And I'm sure, you know, to your point, it was a lot of it's it's hard to rebound when you're getting pushed in the back or when someone's grabbing onto your arms or whatever. So, a- again, it's like Purdue lost lost the game. Northwestern won it. You can't take anything away from Northwestern. They did everything they needed to do to win the game against the number one team. Um, it's a signature win for their program. It's the first time they've ever beat the number one team. But yeah. Purdue really struggled, I think, because of the way the game was officiated. And I don't know if they came out unprepared or if they were looking ahead to the next game. Um, but whatever combination of factors it was, you know, this Purdue team really didn't look locked in. Um, but I think it's hard to do that when you are getting the crap beat out of you. Yeah. They even like, even the announcers, I think it was Bardo, which I'm getting so sick of his voice right now, um, <laughs> said, said something like, oh, you just, it's hard to officiate him. I'm like, well, it's been three years. It's yeah. not that hard to officiate. You can't officiate him for being tall. Yeah, like, I don't understand that argument. Uh, it's yeah. hard to officiate him. W- what's the what's the height requirement? Where does someone become hard to officiate? They're Do you like have to be his, taller than six ten? Do you have to be seven one and above? Like, I know it's all the same. And they're like, his knee went into one of the players back. I'm like, no, like that's just where his knee right. is. Yeah, like, it's not like he's like kneeing him. Yeah, that's. The only re- the only way I can understand that that makes sense is with the elbows because you I mean you know you can't clear out and you don't want to hit somebody in the in the head or the nose with an elbow but literally Edie's elbows are the same height as people's faces it's yeah. like he's allowed to move his arms that I understand can be difficult but the the constant grabbing of his arms uh, the you know the pushing him in the back as he tries to get rebounds that has nothing to do with height. That happens and to every true. player. They'll be like, it's an unfair advantage. Well, that's the point. <laughs> the right. unfair advantage is he's tall. That's yeah. why we recruited him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. You you wouldn't say like, oh, this guy is, he's too fast. We got, you can't. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, that's just who he is and how he plays. It's just outrageous. Just outrageous. Man, now I'm all fired up again after I know. talking about and the game. Like before- I and we're like we're not gonna blame the officials proceed to talk about the officials yeah it's like i i thought i was over it and then we started talking and it's just like just getting me angry all over again so as i said uh you know purdue now 12 and 3 in conference uh still a two game lead well actually it's two and a half uh right now uh because we've played 15 games and those below us have only played 14 so uh directly behind purdue iu and northwestern tied for second both nine and five, and actually, if it were a tie like that, uh, Northwestern has the tiebreaker because they beat IU uh, earlier in the year. So <sighs> Purdue has five games remaining, and you know they have to win three of them to guarantee at least a share of the title. Um, no matter what happens with anybody else, and that assumes everybody else behind them, you know, Indiana and Northwestern win the rest of their games. If Purdue wins 3 games of their 5, they're guaranteed a shot or they're guaranteed a share of the Big 10 title. Uh if they were to win 4 or if the teams uh behind them would lose, they would guarantee a uh outright title. Um 
And we got Maryland, Ohio State, IU. Illinois. Illinois and Minnesota. Illinois is the the last game. Uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, okay. Yeah, yeah. so the the next five for Purdue are at Maryland, home versus Ohio State, home versus IU, at Wisconsin, and then we finish back in Mackey against Illinois. So five games left, three on... Three on Mackey uh, Arena, three in Mackey Arena, two on the road. Um, so, I mean, what do we think? We think we're still in the driver's seat. We still feel good. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, like, if, if, like, if you erase this loss from your brain, I feel really good. I mean, we should be Ohio State, Wisconsin. We, and I think that we'll be IU. Um, I think probably our toughest one is going to be right now Maryland. Yeah, because it's on the road. Um, it's on the road, and aren't they undefeated at home this season? I believe so. I believe so. They might yeah. have lost one, but I don't think they've lost any in conference. Like, I was more worried about Maryland than I was Northwestern. Yeah, me too. So, me too, without a doubt. Now, now I'm a little nervous. So it kind of is going to depend on how they respond Thursday. I mean, if they get a win at Maryland, I'm going to feel really good. Yeah, me too. But if we drop another game, then I'm going to be a little worried. Yeah. Because Illinois is not going to be easy either. No, no, not at all. And that's the last game of the season, and it could it could have pretty big implications for who wins the Big Ten, um, you know, should Purdue lose that game at Maryland. But uh, I will be in attendance at the game in Maryland. At Maryland, I'll be covering it. My credential was approved last week, so uh, hopefully it'll be just as good as when I covered the Penn State game earlier in the year. We, we pulled that one out, so uh, really – Really hoping I can see a win. Remember, these two teams played uh, earlier in the year in Mackey. Uh, Purdue walked out with a three-point victory there, 58-55. So uh, these two teams do know each other. Um, but as you said, going on the road in the Big Ten, always tough. Uh, it's a 6:30 tip-off, which I don't know if that's good or bad for Purdue because you would think maybe uh, less of a fired-up student section, but... Uh, Purdue now sits at number three, so we know we're still going to get everybody's best shot. Still going to be a pretty raucous crowd. Maryland generally has pretty good crowds uh, for men's basketball. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a dogfight. And if we walk out of there with a win, then uh, I'll feel good. I just, I, <laughs> the loss just has shooken me a little bit. Yeah. Probably me too. more than the players. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, but, you know, as I said, um, just after. Uh, the Iowa game or before the Iowa game, all Purdue has to do to win the Big Ten is win all their home games. Um, no matter what happens on the road, if they win the remaining home games, they've got to share the Big Ten title, and that's one goal completed for the year. So let's hope. Obviously, we want to win the last five, uh, but we've got to at least hold serve at home. But, man, going on the road to uh, get this victory at Maryland on Thursday would sure make everything a whole lot easier. Yeah, and I guess after IU, they responded pretty well against Iowa. So hopefully it's the same yeah. mentality. Yeah, yeah. we <laughs> hope it's hope it's a real wake-up call, um, really get the team back to where they need to go. And I would love it if uh, they're angry. You know, I think Zach Eady is going to be yeah. incredibly angry um, after what he faced at Northwestern. So would love to see him absolutely dominate at the game uh, here in College Park, Maryland. So there we go. Let's root against IU in every game they've got because I don't want them to have any motivation uh, when they come to West Lafayette on the 25th. Would really hate that to have uh, added meaning for them. So there we go, folks. For Gabby and myself, thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Boiler up. Hammer down.